You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the new episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. This is the first episode of our 2015 Dragon Con coverage. That's right, for the next month, possibly more, we will be talking about Dragon Con every single episode of the Needless Things Podcast. But even if you're not going to Dragon Con or you don't care about Dragon Con, I encourage you to tune in, listen, give us a chance. There's a lot of interesting stuff happening. A lot of it's applicable to any con, anywhere. But here at Needless Things, we love Dragon Con, and we focus on it this time of year every year. And we'll do so until the day either we or Dragon Con dies. So, you can find our show, I have to get this out of the way, on iTunes, on Stitcher, you can stream it or download it from NeedlessThingsSite.com, which is the home of the Needless Things podcast, where five days a week, in addition to the Needless Things podcast, you can find articles from our cast of talented writers about toys, movies, music, pop culture, dorkery, blah, 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 blah. So check out the site as well. And uh, also join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group where you can talk about the show. You can find out what we're doing at Dragon Con. We've got a lot going on this year. I'm going to talk about a little bit of it now. I've got to string it out, guys, because we've got, uh, I think, five episodes before Dragon Con actually happens. Today's episode, I have two pros, and I say pros not in the normal uh sort of oh man these guys are pros they're great i think a lot of them and i do think a lot of them and they are great but they are literally professional costumers uh sean Patton and sarah pope back on the show and we have a great conversation about costuming and cosplay and maybe the difference between the two if you don't know there is a difference and i'm quite proud of myself for being the one to kind of lay it down in the most diplomatic way possible so we'll talk about that a little bit but first i want to talk about what's going on this year at dragon con uh, you know what i'm going to dive right into to the main event 10, 10 o'clock saturday night in the marriott Rooms M303 and 304 on the marquee level, just behind the FedEx office, or the Kinko's, I guess it's not Kinko's anymore, it's FedEx now. Uh, 10 p.m. Saturday night, the Dirty, Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show. That's right. Phantom Troublemaker and Miss Lady Flex 
will once again be bringing the filthiest, dirtiest, funniest, nastiest, most hilarious, side-splitting game show you've ever seen, only this time it's entirely different. Last year, if you witnessed or heard about Who's F Is It Anyway, it was a great time, one of the highest-rated events at Dragon Con. The room was packed, standing room only, so if you want to see it this year, or if you want to see what we do this year... Be sure you get there in plenty of time. Uh, I still can't quite express the delight that I felt, that Miss Ladyflex felt, that Sexy Wolverine felt when we walked to the door before the game show and there were people sitting in a line going out the hallway. And we genuinely, I mean, it never even occurred to me that they might be there for us. I was like, hey, what's up? What are you guys doing? You just hanging out? And they're like, no, we're waiting for whose F is it anyway? Like, by name. Oh, I seriously, like, even right now, I'm getting a little almost not weepy about it, but I'm touched. I'm like, I get that, those nerd chills, you know what I mean? Where they run up your back and it's all warm and tingly in your eyes. Get a little, get a little moist. Your throat gets a little dry because you're overwhelmed with feeling. Well, let me just tell you, other parts of you will be getting moist this Saturday night at Dragon Con. We've got lots of stuff planned. I'm not going to give any of it away. Uh, you will have to be there if you want to know what's going to happen. But we have prizes. Uh, we are sponsored once again by the Belligerent Monkey, of course. And uh, lots of cool stuff. Uh, it's it's going to be dirty. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be hilarious. And we're going to make some lucky contestants uh, materially wealthy and emotionally damaged. That's our goal. So there you go. That is Spot number one for Needless Things at Dragon Con. I'm also working on when to have a Needless Things meetup. I think I've talked about this for the last two years. And quite frankly, as much as I love you guys, as much as uh, many of you do express your love for the show, and uh, for me specifically, I've never felt like, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to schedule this meetup, and then like three of us are hanging out drinking beer. Which, granted, there's nothing wrong with three people hanging out drinking beer. But if I'm going to make an event of it, uh, I, I want to kind of know we've got a thing, and I feel like this year we'll we'll have a thing. And it's Dragon Con, and it's hard for people to get together and, and do anything on a schedule, but I'm going to try. We're going to do it. I am not going to announce it yet. That will probably happen on the next episode, but uh, I'm working on this one with Beth from the site, and I think we're going we're gonna to figure it out. We're going to make it happen. We'll also be recording a podcast live at, well, I'll be recording everything we do. But we'll be specifically recording a podcast live at Con, uh, hopefully in the podcasting room. If not, we will find other places to do it. So much awesomeness going on. I'm so excited, and, and we're not we're still a month away. A month from now, holy shit, we're a month away now from Dragon Con. That's crazy. You know what? I don't have time to be recording this crap. I, I don't at all. I need to go work on my costume. I need to go put together picture dirty pictures of superheroes. I've got stuff to do. But before we get to that, we've got interviews. And before we get to the interview, we have, of course, our musical selection of the week. Now, from now until Dragon Con, I've decided that our musical selection of the week, rather than being an artist that I know or am familiar with or friends with or local or blah, 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 whatever... 
I'm going to be using music from artists that are performing this year at DragonCon. I have not cleared this with any of them. I'm running under the assumption that they'll be like, oh, cool, people will hear us and maybe come see us at DragonCon because of this guy, if they even hear about it. None of them are going to hear this. Let's not fool ourselves. But anyway, today I'm really excited about this band. Uh, They were the first band that jumped out at me from the performer's lineup and I was eager to hear them, and now that I have heard them, I am eager to see them, and you will feel the same way. Trust me. They describe their music as terrifying funk from beyond the grave. Here come the mummies, right? I was not familiar with these guys beforehand, and apparently, though, they're a pretty big freaking deal. And having seen some video now, Having heard some songs now, I understand that not only are they a big deal, but that I really, really hope they're not playing Saturday night opposite the game show, because I want to see them so bad. They would be perfect to go to after the game show. But, you guys, you're going to love this. This song is called Bring That Down. It's by Here Come the Mummies, and we don't know yet when they're going to be playing, but of course, check out your Dragon Con progress report on your schedule the website whatever it'll, it'll all be up soon you'll know but right now bring that down mm, ha <laughs> show everybody i want to introduce our guests tonight to talk about costume related things uh dragon con related things first welcome back to sean Patton, costumer extraordinaire how are you doing tonight good how are you guys doing great awesome i'm i'm very excited to be started this is the first one of the dragon con series that i've been recording for this year and i'm trying to like bank them up and have them ready to go so i'm glad you guys are kicking it off and uh also coming back to the show sarah pope welcome back thank you uh you guys have given me because so, i you know everybody loves well any nerd loves costumes uh you know whether you're starting just from seeing stuff in the theater or growing up on comic books or whatever the case may be the idea of dressing up as someone else is is appealing. It's it's part of the escape fantasy thing, I think. Uh, but you guys, in conversations with you, the many of which have not been recorded, sadly, uh, have 
really shown me layer upon layer of, of different aspects of costuming. And since you didn't want to start off with the tough comparison of <laughs> cosplay versus costuming, we'll build up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with what kind of projects you guys have been working on lately. And no, obviously, you know, no spoilers for Dragon Con. If you've got stuff you're keeping secret, but uh, what, what's been keeping you busy? Sean, you go first. Oh, me? <clears throat> yeah. Okay, well, um, let's see. What have I got going on right now? Dragon Con stuff. Um, let's see. There's a Avengers Loki, uh, CW Flash, um, Yamato 2199 Deslock, uh, a couple of little Captain America accessory kit projects, and uh, some Playboy bunnies. <clears throat> and I, I think that's... Oh, and Ed, Edward Kenway. I think oh. that's what's on the docket for the next, what, six? Only six weeks? <laughs> yeah, right around the corner. Yeah, the key looks all, amazing, too, by the way. In progress. Oh, thank you. Yeah, nice. it's, it's coming along. I'm really happy with the way it's turning out. <clears throat> How has the Flash been? Um, well, the Flash is good. It's kind of a... It's a it's not for Dragon Con. It's a little longer-term project. So, um, But it's it's coming well. I sent the mock-up off, and the guy tried it on, and... Um, you know, we did a FaceTime to go through it all and he marked it up and sent it back to me. I just got the, the bolt, lightning bolt fabric back from the printers and it looks great. So everything's, um, coming along on that. So it's, it's going to kind of probably stretch out into the fall before it's complete, but yeah, it's going well. So the lightning bolt on the front, that will be a fabric piece and not a... Oh no no no! That's uh, that I got from a from a maker in Italy. I sourced that piece. Uh, oh um, okay. And then um, <clears throat> and then uh, the 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 fabric that's not leather on the costume though it has like these little tiny lightning bolts on it. Um, so what we did was we did a vector um, like a <clears throat> a vector file and sent it off to Fabric on Demand and had oh it I love that place. Yeah, so we got that printed and it's it's on there like lycra spandex which is real thin but i'm going to fuse it to some ponte to give it some body and um it's going to be made up in that so and then i've got some like red like really deep red leather which amazingly enough is color matched perfectly to the printed fabric like i kind of lucked out on that one nice um so yeah so that's that's coming along well i'm 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 almost as excited to see how it turns out as the client is. <laughs> well, that's got to make it easier to work on something. <laughs> yeah. That suit has a lot of, or it appears to have a lot of different sort of sections and layers and stuff. Is that, I would imagine it's a lot more detail to put together, but also as far as flexibility and movement, does that give you a little bit more play with, with how you design it? Well, a lot of it is the stretch areas. I mean, I think the harder things like that to design are something like um, Captain America, um, you know, which is uh, which is so much like kind of tactical fabric and, you know, heavier, um, non-stretchy fabrics that you sort of have to figure out where that's all going to get cut in. Now, for the movies, like, it's pretty simple if you're doing a replica because they kind of show you where all the stretch stuff goes. Um, but you still have to figure out how all of those pieces go together so that they can actually move for some of like or the original um, original pieces that people want me to do. You know, they're like, I designed a Captain America. I'm like, okay, awesome. Let's see what this is going to be. And <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, you get that and then you have to go, okay, so we're going to 
put, you know, these lines in here and we're going to cut these pieces in here so that you can add stretch into it so that people could move. Uh, fortunately, with The Flash, the costume designers actually knew what they were doing and thought about what the character was going to have to do. So they made a lot of it, you know, really flexible and stretchy um, right out of the gate. So it's not quite as big a not quite as big a challenge to get that movement um, in there. Well, and that's we've talked about that before with with the having to adapt uh, movie suits to wearing around the con. In that, you know, in the movies they may have four or five, ten different suits for different things. The one you make has to be functional for ten hours a day or whatever. Yeah, for you know everything for whatever the person wants to do. It's like, yeah, you you can watch a movie and go, I want that suit, and but but a lot of people don't really take into consideration is that you're looking at about 10 different versions of that same suit. You're looking at the hero suit. You're looking at the stunt suit. You're looking at the deep background suit. You know, you're looking at the background stunt suit and, you know, you're looking at some suits that are only parts of the suit, depending on what they're filming. So it's, yeah. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy when you get on like places like the RPF and stuff and people are like, I'm going for 100% accuracy. And I'm like, oh. okay, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have filters. So the colors are never accurate. Yeah. So the There's colors a huge are... difference in what the costume is made with and what it looks like on film. Oh, post-production. Oh. Yeah. Post-production yeah. will, will wreck your universe. Yeah, like. Star Wars made that so much fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the Padme costumes are totally different colors in person. Yeah, yeah let's, let's talk about that a little bit, because I don't, I don't know that we've discussed it on the show before. Uh, Sarah, you did Amidala's funeral gown. Yeah. And I, I remember you talking about the color issues and, and having to decide which way to go with that. Well, the Star Wars in particular, and I guess more and more these days they're doing this, but they had the big, like, museum show where it traveled around, you know, the world, the actual costumes, and there were these huge displays where you could see her, like, the whole costume was laid out in a coffin, you know, surrounded by handmaidens, totally different than it looked on screen. Um, you know, in screen, it's all these heavy blue filters and, and you know, the lighting is really dim and sparkly, so you really, I had to kind of early on make the decision of whether I was going to try and make it accurate to the costume or accurate to the screen, um, which, you know, everybody makes their own choice there. I went with screen accurate because obviously, I mean, that's what is going to be recognizable to people who aren't, you know, costumers trying to do the same exact thing. Um, so, you know, for the general public, they'll recognize the screen one, but they would really think it was funny if it showed up in, like, peach and purple and blue instead right, of right. blues and greens. <laughs> I recognize that, but the colors seem wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of times they they know how they're going to film it, and they'll have the costumers or, you know, in that case, like the textile artist, do it in colors that are higher contrast so that when they do put the filter over it, it you know, like it works the way they want it to instead of all blending into one color. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's kind of like the you have to work with the DP on that kind of thing because I shot a I did a film last year and there's a costume towards the end of it that it's supposed to be it's like this sort of angelic costume but it's all red and it's shot at night like in the woods <laughs> in, in front of a in front of a flare. Like in front of a flare, and she's supposed to be in red. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> so I, 
I got all the pieces of the costume together and we went to do the fitting. And one of the people that was at the fitting, <clears throat> one of the crew members was like, it looks really weird. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, it's like six different pieces, but they're all different colors of red. They're like, it doesn't match at all. It looks very odd. And I'm like, yeah, wait till it gets shot and wait till it gets on screen. Because if, if I tried to put her in all matching reds shooting at night in front of a flare, she'd look like a cardboard cutout. You yeah. know, she'd just look like a big red blob. It's like there's got to be some layers and levels there. So I need different fabrics and different colors of red to react differently to the really harsh light and especially, you know, like the backlighting, that kind of thing. So there's a lot that, like, if you look at something in person, like Sarah's saying, it, it can be, like, completely different than what you finally see on screen because all of that lighting and all of that post-production has to be taken into consideration. <clears throat> Let me ask you, Sean, in in doing uh, the custom stuff that you've done and the request, have, have you ever had to to sort of talk somebody out of doing something or, or really change their mind about the way they wanted something to be? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it does happen. And it happens especially when people pull things directly from comic art. <clears throat> and this is, <laughs> this is something that I think all of us have experienced. It, it, comics and anime... Um, it's like just because somebody draws it doesn't mean it can actually exist. So, you know, there are times when you have to you have to edit something or you have to change something so that it, it can actually function in the real world. Um, and, you know, there are some times when people are like, I want this exact thing. And it's like, OK, well, we can do this, this and this. And it's like, oh, but that's different. And it's like, well, it kind of has to be because you have to actually be able to move in it and you have to be able to breathe in it and. Um, it has to, you have to actually be able to get into it, <laughs> you know, um, it's got to close somewhere, <laughs> you know, so there, there are times when you've got to, when you just have to adjust things like that. And, um, and it, it can sometimes be a very lengthy conversation, but once you get somebody to the point where they understand that it's going to look right when it's done, when it's all on, <laughs> then it's a lot, you know. It, it tends to become easier when they're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, it's a constant <laughs> battle between designers and people who are building and constructing costumes because when you're a designer, you just want to make it look pretty, you know, and, and don't really know which things to consider, like which place to put the zipper, what kind of, you know, where you want top stitching, you know, stuff that they don't even think about because they've never really delved into that. Happens a lot. <laughs> now, you guys have both worked on... Uh, I guess media productions at this point. I'm not sure how to phrase it. Tel- television stuff of, of one form or another, uh, whether it be commercials or shows or whatever. How? What are some of the differences between doing uh, sort of a work for hire, like for a con or something, and doing something for a big production? <laughs> I, I have to, I'm going to jump in, Sarah. I have two mm-hmm. things that are big differences: time and money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the two biggest differences. Um, yeah. One of them has a lot more of one and a lot less of the other. <laughs> <laughs> Guess which one is which. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I um, I have to agree there definitely. But for basically the biggest thing is like he mentioned earlier that if somebody's getting a costume made for hire, you make one, and it has to be you know functional at all times for what they're doing with it. Whereas 
for films, you have to make a lot of everything because you make one really amazing, perfect thing. It's on screen for five seconds and then they throw blood all over it. And then they want to shoot the scene before that, you know, because they don't ever shoot anything in order. And so you have to make tons of multiples of every outfit uh, so that whatever order they shoot it in, they have the outfit at that stage of dirt and blood and grime that it should be in at that point in the timeline. Uh, I just finished this. I'm working on a film and they had this pair of pants that the actor insisted on wearing and he's been wearing them in for two years. You know, it's this whole raw denim movement. And so they had two years of very specifically cultivated, um, you know, creases. And I had one day to make three copies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that looked exactly like it. So, uh, you know, it, it's, but you know, in the end it, it works. It's just, that's the biggest difference for me is having to deal with multiples and, you know, did watching you, people pour things all over your costumes. Did you, did you know, like when you found out that was the job, did you kind of <laughs> know immediately like, okay, I'm going to have to do this, this and this, or was there, was there a figuring out, process there well they warned me a day early so i got to do some research um it's a very very hipster movement that's going on with these jeans so i got to learn what they're supposed to look like and how they're supposed to get that way um which is a really hilarious process if you're ever bored one day look up raw denim um but i mean as far as actually having to wear the jeans that's a very common thing that i get asked to do as an ager and dyer um so I, I do a lot of sanding and painting with like a mixture of like white and gray to make it look lighter in areas. Um, tends to blend in with the denim color really well. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty common techniques. This was just in this particular thing, I had to cover everything in tons of starch first, which was the only real difference. But yeah, I don't know. It's all ex- every single day. It's experimenting and finding out what works very quickly. Is it is it literally just tons of new stuff every day, or do you ever have comfortable days where it's kind of like, okay, this is basic stuff all day long, I'm good to go, or, or is it just constantly like, wow, here's a new thing I've got to learn? Yeah, I, the one thing I'm always doing is um, teching things. Like everything, like every white t-shirt and white pair of socks, white pair of boxers, anything that's ever solid white on film has to be dyed down kind of a murky tan gray color so that it doesn't glow on camera. So I do a lot of that, just dyeing things kind of dingy every day. Uh, aside from that, this I mean, I, it's something different every single time, which is kind of the reason it's fun. Like It's never the same project twice. So just, I guess, to hit a little background, we're moving in reverse here, but... Uh, Sean, we've we've talked to you before about this, but real quick, just how long have you been doing the costuming, and and where did your interest start with it? Um, well, I started um, <clears throat> when I was in high school doing theater, so I started um, with a theater background, and then went to school <clears throat> um, and studied theater there, and then um, costume design worked in the shop on campus. And then when I came back, I um, worked with um, uh, several theaters and um, light opera companies in town, uh, was a designer for a theatrical supply house, and kind of from there got into 
doing the you know the the commission costumes and things like that. So um, theater background for me. Was it just the excitement of of a new challenge that got you doing the commission stuff? Yeah, well, it was kind of weird. It just sort of started. It was like you know one person would come in and say, "Oh, hey, I want to do," because we had like a special build department at the shop. So it was kind of like somebody would come in and say, "Oh, I want to do. I want this costume." And it's like, "Okay, well, we can quote you for a special build," and then. You know, that just kind of would happen every once in a while. And then I met a few people who kind of did it regularly. <clears throat> and um, it just sort of snowballed from there. Um, I think the first people that I met who did, you know, costuming were um, Yaya Han and Brian Bowling. And I met them like, God, I don't know, it was probably in the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, mm-hmm. before the whole big explosion. Um, and... You know, it kind of took off from there. Uh, you know, I met them, and then through them, I met a couple other people, and then I met a couple of other people. And, and he's also one snowballed. of the best in town, so people know that if they want it done right, they go to Sean. Oh, okay. Sean! <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a little fucked. Um But uh, but yeah, so it just kind of started out like that, and then. You know, as, as I started meeting more people and, and going to Dragon Con, obviously, all the time, you know, every year, I don't think I've missed one since, like, 1998, um, you know, you just talk to people, and then I started doing it a little bit for me, and then it just it just snowballs out of control, <laughs> and then it takes over your universe, and here we are. <laughs> and And is it to the point now where a lot of it is just the finding new challenges and stuff like it, it, are you just still intrigued by it and, and learning new things and finding new ways to do things <clears throat> oh absolutely i think that's one of the main i think that's one of the the main things that attracts me to it is you know i love getting something like somebody who comes to me with something that's like completely out of left field like somebody came to me and said they wanted a turbo man they wanted to do turbo man from jingle all the way and i was like oh my god i love that they wanted to do it they wanted to do it like a, a more like tactical version you know so they wanted to do it like with the cordura and the you know the the ponte and that kind of stuff kind of like that this batman project i just finished up you know they saw that and they were like i want to do a turbo man just like that and i was like oh that's kind of awesome so you know you think of like okay well how do we translate the one to the other and how do you you take this sort of character that people know and move it into this kind of completely different sort of original take and i think that's one of the things i love the most is when people say i want this but i want to do something different with it um rather than just a straight replica um i think that's really cool and you know i I love it when people do do their own original ideas and and really try to think out of the box um when they're putting something together well, and I think that adds that even more personal touch to it rather than just having a screen accurate, you know, something or other. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but when it is something original and unique and it still looks incredible, uh, you know, that, that, that's got to be a little more satisfaction. Well, and people tend to appreciate it when they see it. Like if you're wearing that to a convention, you're not just another, you know, Star-Lord. You're right, right. kind of the cool one with a slight different twist yeah. to it. It's more interesting. Yeah, I, I have to say, like, my favorite, like, hands down, one of my favorite takes on characters that I saw, and it was, they were at Dragon Con last year, and they were really, I mean, they were super, they were super simple costumes, but they were just freaking brilliant, and it was, they did these hipster versions of Anna and Elsa from Frozen, 
and they were in like they had like glasses and stocking caps and they had these signs that they were holding up and like the Elsa one said I built my own house and lived totally off the grid and the the Anna Anna one said um, I have organic carrots or something like that it it was just like and they both had like these Starbucks cups and but they did they, they found the perfect little like hipster way to put the characters together so that they were like instantly recognizable you knew exactly what it was but they just had this totally unique spin on it and I thought it was great. I was like, "That's it's so easy and so simple to do that, but it's so creative." And were they and wearing just, were they wearing raw denim? I, you know, I don't, I don't think they were wearing raw denim, but they did have skinny jeans. <laughs> nice. Nice. And and for our listeners, uh, go check out SMP Designs on Facebook to see uh, the kind of stuff that Sean has done. A lot of incredible work and seeing it in person i mean seeing your stuff on people at heroes con and dragon con wherever is just incredible thank you uh sarah where did you start and how did you get where you are now i started about the same way i um i was you know high school theater um college i went to school for textile art and design um and then did some work in the theater costume shop while I was there. And then came out and did bridal for a few years, uh, which was a totally different world. But, you know, I, I worked with people who grew up in the Russian ballet and had very specific ways of doing things. And they hated me, but they taught me an awful lot. Um, and then, you know, I, I went in and out of theater and ballet for years um, until about... A year or so ago, I started doing film and television, uh, which is pretty much all I do these days. Literally. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That and sometimes I get to sleep. (laughs) Not often. If you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit. Sarah, I know you and I are both writing pieces for the site about uh, costume predictions. I'm doing it just because I do it every year. You're doing it because you actually are smart and have insight into such things. Uh I want to talk a little bit about what kind of costumes we could expect to see at Dragon Con this year. And I'll start with what I think is the shoe in and, mm-hmm. and most likely this is my pick for what we're going to see the most of. And that's stuff from uh, Mad Max. Of course, definitely. I think that's going to be a huge one because I think, uh, you know, you have specific characters and specific costumes, but also it's more of a style than mm-hmm. necessarily, Having Very to do accessible. specifics, right? Yeah. Uh, you you can go you know to your Army Navy store and put together a convincing Mad Max Fury Road mm-hmm. or, or really any Mad Max costume. And, I, and what I like about this is that that there are going to be so many different levels of skill involved. You're going to have people mm-hmm. making you know screen accurate Furiosas, and then you're going to have people who are just generic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, wh- wh- whatever else. I'm betting on a lot of that redhead with the goggles. Just going to put that out there. Goggles are big. Yeah, yeah. We're going to see a lot of her. Yeah. (laughs) What uh, What are you guys? uh, What are your predictions? Anything? uh... I am going to go with my Game of Thrones section because Arya finally got some new outfits. Very excited. Oh, 
We have Arya's new outfits. Of course, Daenerys and Sansa get their day. And we have Sand Snakes. And I think we're going to see a lot of Sand Snakes this year. Uh, yeah, that's going to be the new Slave Leia right there. Yes, Oh, it that's sure a good is. call. I hadn't Sexy even thought about that. Sexy summertime costumes has Dragon Con written all over it. Right. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, that's such a good call. Yeah, yeah. I See, game. I never mentioned Game of Thrones, even though it's like one of the biggest things in the nerd world. Mm-hmm. Because to me, it, it kind of lumps in with... Uh, medieval stuff like as much as I love that show I honestly unless they're a specific character I don't know that I would pick out a Game of Thrones costume you know what I mean mm-hmm. but that that yeah that's a good call the but Sand people Snakes who stuff, make no costumes way. love Game of Thrones costumes they're a little bit more intensive so it's a really good way to showcase your you know your skills and your passion all at the same time so it's a little more than entry level but I think we'll see a lot of it well they well, seem- and- Oh, go ahead. Of, oh, sorry. Game of Thrones is good too because it's there's something for everybody in it. Mm-hmm. You, it's not like you know comic books where you have to be like a superhero body or whatever. I mean, you know, I'm like I'm five seven and like 160 pounds, you know, soaking wet. So I was Littlefinger <laughs> last year, you know, because that works, you know. Right, um, right. But there's something that that everybody can do within that universe. You know, no matter what size or shape or age you are there's somebody in there that you can be and they're all awesome. So, you know, why not? (laughs) Well, and that's, they are, it seems like the costuming, there are so many layers of different textures, different fabrics and, and very specific designs. Like even the night watch cloaks, it's not just a cloak. They've got the strappy things across their chests. Like it seems like all of the costumes are, like a, a sort of a designer's dream, I guess. Like I get to do so many different things with mm-hmm. this one piece. Yeah, it's it's a good showpiece. You know, just about anything you pick. There's so much embroidery and beading, and you know, you can do some really cool weathering on things. Um, I'm dying to do a Greyjoy just so I can do all that salt water effects on the fabric. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Well, if you, Sarah, <laughs> if you want to do some salt water effects, you're welcome to head on over to the studio and work on um, Edward Kenway with me. Of course. I will be happy to have you anytime. <laughs> you know, just for funsies. <laughs> right, just for funsies. In, in those copious amounts of free time that you have. Right, right. Ooh, 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 another one I really want to see. I don't know how many we'll see this year, but I know a few are being worked on. I want to see some Cinderella stuff. Um, Sandy Powell is my personal hero, and she doesn't put out movies as often as I'd like, so there was some amazing stuff. I want to see Stepsisters. would love to see some Stepsisters. Are you guys I, there? Oh. That, would def- that would definitely be awesome. I'm here. Yeah. I'm just pondering Cinderella. There's is it? Has this happened yet? Yeah. So the, the movie? movie, yeah, it came out this in the past year. Um, I missed it entirely. People who um, make really elaborate, awesome costumes are are just chomping at the bit over the Cinderella costumes because they're so different and cool and wacky. Um, I think there's a lot of Cinderellas happening. Um, we'll see some really phenomenal ones and some really bad ones. And what? since we were and since we were talking about Game of Thrones, Rob Stark wears some really tight pants. Yes, he, too, does. So. <laughs> yes, he does. Does he get sewn into them? Uh, for, he gets painted into them. Uh. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's ooh. like now, there should have been a PG thirteen rating just for those pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> what uh, what do you think the chances are that we're going to see the new? Ben Affleck Batman. 
I think it's mm. good. I think there's a good chance. I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of people trying to figure out the fabric. Right. So we'll see if they do it in time. Well, that's... There's going to be more daredevils. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of daredevils, and there's going to be a lot of flashes. Yes. Um, and uh, I think there's going to be some. Um, uh, I think there's going to be some big Hero Six stuff show up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, let's see, what are some other things that I've seen people talking about? Lots of um, Jurassic Park because it's so easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've already Jurassic seen. Park. Yeah, I've already seen Jurassic Park popping up. Yeah. Which, which I'm is hoping fun. for lots of Spocks. Is in in honor of of our. Oh our right, right. Yeah. yeah. I think there'll be a lot of female Spocks. That's one of my predictions. <laughs> I'm trying to see. I'm I'm searching now because Big Hero oh. Six is such a good one. I I it hadn't even occurred to me. Oh, Back to the Future. Those are excellent. It's yeah, Back to, back the, to the Future, future will definitely happen. And, yeah, and we'll see a lot of gender bent costumes in that. I'm sure. And new I, Star Wars year. troopers. We have new Star Wars coming. Yeah. How, how are we going to see? I mean, I'm sure we'll see some first order stormtroopers. But uh, mm-hmm. as far I was going to ask you this about Game of Thrones. Actually, when it comes to armor pieces and stuff, what what is you know how do you put something like that together? Especially when you know I, I don't know how much access you can really have to any kind of designs or anything. You kind of have to go off pictures. But when you're doing Say the hound's armor, or or going to the plasteel, which is not a real thing because I'm a nerd. Uh, what the stormtrooper armor is made of? Like, what are the differences there in working with materials? Stormtroopers specifically are so prominent that there are entire companies that only make stormtrooper armor and they have their patterns they pump them out you can order the entire set from them and they'll have it out to you in a month and and those people already have the new ones pumping out do they really yeah wow Mm -hmm. that's wild oh yeah we're already seeing them at conventions i mean they're they're out and about what about uh what's her name i can't remember her name brienne of tarth uh her stormtrooper role with the silver armor. Mm, I don't know about that. She's, I'm sorry. Uh, Brienne from Game of Thrones. Uh, mm-hmm. Tall. Yeah. yeah. She's in The Force Awakens as a stormtrooper commander with like silver stormtrooper armor. Oh, I missed that. Oh, uh, hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's, I haven't seen that. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. I wish I could send you a picture right now, but I cannot remember the character's name. Yeah, she's <laughs> going to be in it, and I, you know, as much as I'd love to see that again, I don't know. You guys have a much better uh, perspective than I do on how likely some of these things, you know, Star might Wars, be. There's going to be a little bit of speculation at that point because we only have so much reference material on that. But if you, I think we'll see some of the other characters and maybe like a droid or two, but. Overall, I think it's going to, you know, I think we're going to mostly see troopers. And, and I think it's going to be other stuff, other Star Wars things. We're going to see some rebels and, um, you know, old Star Wars have a little bit of a resurgence. Not that it ever went away. But. Yeah, I'd love to see rebels. That would be very cool. They've done a good job with the show. And there are a lot of neat designs because they, mm-hmm. they uh, you know, there's a big difference between movie stuff and kid-friendly stuff. Like the design perspective is is uh, you know they're trying to appeal to a whole different thing and their design you know as much as people joke about Star Wars being made to sell action figures the you know Rebels is very clearly made to sell action figures so there's a big difference there as well. So how many 
of the new Black Widow do you think we're going to Oh, my gosh. See? Oh, dear you know, gosh. glow-in-the-dark, ELY, With or Black Widow. the light-up parts, yeah. yeah. Very stealth. <laughs> I, but I don't think as much as... Uh, well, she didn't have to be very stealthy in, in Age of Ultron, though, to be it's fair. Um, I don't think she'll be as prominent as she was with the first Avengers. Yeah, I don't either. I, and matter of fact, I don't know how big. I we'll probably see a lot of Scarlet Witch. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot yeah. of bad Scarlet Witch. A lot out of Quicksilver. There. Yeah, I don't know if there's gonna be as many Quicksilver, but there'll be a lot of Scarlet Witch. No, all the Scarlet Witch's boyfriends will be made to buy the Under Armour. That's true. And That's very true. But, but what they'll do is they'll just get the Under Armour shirt and some black BDU pants, and that's yes. all that'll be. Yeah, and they'll and call like, it good enough. And a bad and wig. And they'll peroxide their hair. They'll yeah. get a bad wig. Yeah. <laughs> We're like so it. awful. <laughs> I know. Well, let's uh, let's stay in the awful territory because uh, I want to talk a little bit about, and, and in a purely informational way, about the difference between costuming and cosplay. And just to ease into it, I'll, I'll tell you personally what I see the differences being is that costuming to me uh, is more suggestive of a craft. Uh if you're a costumer, uh, you make costumes. Uh, you, you, whatever you're wearing. Now, you may have sourced certain parts of it out because I think one of the things both of you, something both of you have told me, is that you know what you can do and you know what you're comfortable asking for help with. But for the most part, I think a costumer is a craftsperson. A cosplayer may be a craftsperson, but I think that's more about embodying the character. Uh, and and sort of more about having a presence at a convention than it is necessarily about the craftsmanship of a costume. That's a very diplomatic way yeah, to put it. That's very well put. Yeah, <laughs> I, my only real line between the two, honestly, is that I'm older and it, cosplay wasn't a word when I started doing what I'm doing. So I was costuming because that's the only word there was at the time. And you know, when cosplay first showed up, it was always kind of. In reference to like anime and, and things and younger crowds, I feel like, and, and like you said, it was more about the character than the craftsmanship. Um, so I just never felt like what I do needed a new name. Right. So I don't ever refer to anything I do as costuming, and I only really use cosplay in reference to someone else's work if they use it themselves. Well, and I think, uh, I think it is a different thing, and I think now it is very different. For, and, and this is, I, I've got a little, uh, you know, I, I i talk a lot. I like to get on microphones when I can, and I'll run through yeah. a little, certainly, yeah, right? Um, <laughs> I'll kind of run through bits in my head from time to time, and I've kind of got a bit right now talking about uh, what what's happened with cosplay and how a, a gentleman of my size could have gotten away with being Batman 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. But now you have these... You know, beautiful fit guys that apparently have all the free time in the world to go work out, <laughs> all the money they need to to have this Batman, the screen accurate Batman costume made. They don't have a like a towel clipped around their neck anymore. Like you can't be a a scratch costume person anymore because you have these gods and goddesses walking around the conventions looking incredible. <clears throat> so it's kind of like, well, why am I even going to bother? That's really disappointing. I mean, the thing is, is all of those people 
either pay someone else to make their costumes and they're really just glorified models or they started out with towels around their necks too and have worked their way up to where they are and you know I don't like that it I mean I I totally understand and agree it can be extremely intimidating but honestly I appreciate a costume where like a kid made a really amazing robot out of a paper bag you know like I'm if it's something you can tell somebody actually put effort into instead of just shitting it out so that sorry instead of crapping it out so that oh no you can say whatever the fuck you want on this show I mean, there's people who just make a costume so they have something to wear, and then there's people who make a costume and wear it to show it off, you know? Well, what what burned me, and uh, I've probably talked to you guys a little bit about this. Uh, uh, I have made one costume in my life, and uh, it was a Mandalorian, a custom Mandalorian to go with my luchador mask that I wear. (laughs) And uh, I built the whole thing from the neck down now and i you know got the boots and painted them or whatever but you know i i cut and painted the armor i sewed together the jumpsuit and i mean i spent i don't know how many hours on this thing i fucked things up and had to go back and do them over again I lost really lost like a year of free time to putting this thing together put it on at dragon con very very like stoked i'm excited i spent hundred hours on this thing however much it was and uh you know walked around a little bit i was hanging out with our friend pete and we went down to an unnamed costuming group and the first thing that was said was uh oh uh chest armor's a little small (laughs) and i just wanted to punch the fucking guy i was like what kind of douchebag are you first of all i didn't ask for your opinion i'm just down here hanging out and well. uh, and and I kind of got swarmed by critique, and yeah. at that point I was like, "Fuck this! I don't want to have anything yeah. to do with this ever again." You have well, just you know learned what? how to tune that out really mm. fast. I think that happens to everybody. I mean, oh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. The, the first year that I had my that I did my my Macross flight suit, <clears throat> which we've talked about before, I wore it out there. Um, you know, I didn't do like the big giant wig. I was doing a real modern take on it, all that kind of stuff. So, <clears throat> but I'm like walking around in that. And um, I walk past, and there's these these like group of people I walk past, and I overhear them go, "I thought that character was supposed to be thin." Oh, oh no! Seriously, oh. for real. Wow. And you know, so I'm like, okay, oh. you know what? Whatever. <laughs> oh. It doesn't matter because everybody else was like crying over it. You know, they loved mm-hmm. it. So I was like, you know, there's always going to be those people, and mm-hmm. I've 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 tabled this question at panels before. Where people will look at, you know, you sit at a panel and you you talk about these costumes and people ask you for advice and you should, you know, you sometimes you show them your folio or things that you have or people will sit on the panel in their costumes and you can see the people in the audience and they're kind of like, you know, they do get kind of intimidated. They're like, well, what do you like? Um, how do you, you know, you know, make this and how do you make it right and how do you make it look good and. All that kind of you stuff. You do it I'm like, wrong a hundred times first. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I've told people that, but I'm like, here's the thing. Like, do what you want to do. Like, don't don't worry about it. Um, do whatever you're comfortable with. If it's something that you love, then do it. Um, find a way to do it. It doesn't mean that you have to pull it straight off the page. You can do a version of it that works for you. Um, just think about it. You know, think about the character and think about what the character means to you and come up with a way that you can put that together so that it works for you. 
Um, and I, I think that people shouldn't be intimidated because me, um, Sarah, I mean, Yaya, everybody started somewhere. Everybody started with paper mache on their head. I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, it's my first armor was made out of placemats. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. everybody starts somewhere, and the way that you the way that you get to the point that some people have gotten is by just practicing it and by just keeping doing it. Like, just keep at it. What I, mean, I really like to see is people who understand that they're still learning and are really good at working within their means. Like, my one of my favorite experiences ever was my friend Whitney is, you know, she's absolutely amazing and she really wanted to do a huntress costume and you know she's she's pretty good at sewing you know it's not her main skill in life but she's she's decent at it but she knew that the huntress was kind of a complicated bodysuit situation it's very revealing she wasn't you know totally comfortable with all of those you know things but she wanted to be the character so she altered the look just enough to be a little less revealing to be a little bit easier for her to manage and Doing it to a level she knew she could manage, it was really clean and beautiful, and it was one of the best Huntress costumes I've ever seen because she made choices that she knew she was comfortable with, you know, and wasn't trying to make it something she wouldn't feel good in, you know. She was trying to make it something she knew she would enjoy wearing, and that, you know, just seeing her in it and knowing that she felt really good about how she looked and what she had done, like that made it one of the coolest costumes I'd ever seen. It was really neat. Well, and I think that's a very good point is to, you know, when you sit down and you're trying to plan things out, be aware of, you know, you're going to learn things Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to figure stuff out. But at the same time, you know, be ready to accept your limits and figure out different ways to do things. And when you do wear the thing out, uh, you know, I, I wasn't I, – I was in something just for the fun of it. I wasn't expecting – at the time, this was maybe six, seven years ago, and I really wasn't aware of the like, <laughs> here's a costume group and you have to meet this list of criteria and you have – like, I didn't even know people – were into it in that way. I thought you just put a costume on and showed up. You know what I mean? You know, so that's... I wasn't expecting anybody to be to. I wasn't expecting anybody to have an opinion other than, "Oh, that's neat." You know what I mean? Well, the thing to remember too is that is a very specific subset of costumers that are like that. You know, and some people want to make the exact same thing the exact way that everybody expects them to do it. They like having a list of criteria. You know, you see it in a lot of the different communities. Um, but you know, there's that's just those people. You well, know? and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah, if that's the way you want to do their your, way, but, but that's don't not the Im- only way, right? And don't impose that on anybody else. Oh yeah, I have an amazing Mar Jade costume. It's not amazingly made. It's just you know, I like it because I made all the choices I wanted on it, and I like the way it looks. And it is so far from the standards that like of you know particular groups that would be interested in that that i never even bothered submitting it because you know it's like i'm not going to change it to things i don't like the way they look just to you know fit someone else's list of things they expect out of that costume like who are you making it for at that point right right you make it for yourself so what do you care if they approve of it or not yeah it's a it's a completely the thing is is that costuming or cosplay or whatever you want to call it it's it's a completely subjective 
art. So there is no the way. There is no right way. I mean, if you, you get onto any forum and you'll see people making the same costume in 15 different ways. They all look awesome. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's always something different. It's always, you know, even I get on like the RPF and things like that. And I'm like, oh my God, I never thought of, I'm like slapping my forehead going, <laughs> wow, I never thought of that. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, there's, there's so many different ways to do everything. That's why and it's fun. Yeah, and there's so many different things out there now. I mean, there's so many different new materials that you can use, and everybody's coming up with a new way to, like, use something every day in some, you know, different way to do stuff. You know, it's like I walk into Lowe's, and it's like a toy store. You know, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. what can I do with that? You know, <laughs> people are really getting into it, and I think it's I think it's becoming, you know, since it's, it's kind of hit its very steep uptrend now um i think a lot of uh a lot of people are starting to um really think about it in in new ways and um it's become a lot more mainstream now you know especially with the you know the tv show Mm -hmm. um and all that stuff (laughs) but uh we won't talk about no no no, let's not (laughs) but the but I think it's it's really become top of mind for a lot of people, and people really get into it. I mean, I was at Lowe's, like, yes, I was buying, like, EVA foam mats and Plasti Dip and, you know, spray paint and, you know, all this other stuff and contact cement. And I'm, like, you know, rolling my little basket around the thing. And one of the guys who red vest, you know, red vest walks up and goes by and looks at me and goes, so Iron Man? And I was like, nice. All right. <laughs> you mentioned the foam mats. That's one of my favorite things I've seen lately. Was somebody making armor out of like? Are they like foam floor mats? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's and standard. Like tons of tons of it. Like it's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Like tons of tons of uh, foam stuff going all over the place. So these must think people are really working out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they're building a lot of playrooms. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, before we wrap it up, uh, I always like to ask you guys uh, if, and, and it changes from time to time, I would imagine, but if right now you were given whatever budget you needed and however much time you needed, what would your dream project be? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do the Sorceress for Masters of the Universe, but I have very big plans. I'd want really elaborate multicolored wings. I have a really great sketch I've put together, but it'll probably never get built. Um, but it, it's kind of a mix of the new sorceress and the new new sorceress and the old sorceress. That's what I was going to ask is which yeah. which sorceress would well, you go for? Would you would you have the bird headdress or would you have the Egyptian well, yeah. bird headdress? Well, it's a mix. I like the Egyptian I like the style and the Egyptian influences of the newer look, but I love the color scheme of the original. Right. So, I it's it's a little bit of both. Um but you know, and, and a really cool staff, you know, but it's like the, the wings that I want are very far beyond my ability and time constraints. And the headdress is really cool. But again, it's just, it's a lot of stuff I'm going to have to learn to pull that off. But that's my dream right now. What about you, Sean? And and this can be something for yourself or something that you would make for someone else, but just a project that you would just love to do. Oh, man. Um if if budget were no object, 
I think that I would probably want to rock out Darkness from Legend. Ooh. Oh wow! Um, yeah, but but I don't know if I would want to do that because I hate wearing things on my head and on my face <laughs> and stuff. So, like, um, <laughs> I don't Just know. Hire I mean, a that, model, <laughs> but that would be pretty. I mean, that would be pretty amazing to do. Like the lit, you know, do the lifted, you know, do the lifted legs, um, uh, satyr legs, and the whole, you know, the horns and the whole like bodysuit and everything. I think that would that would be pretty awesome. Um, See, I I think if budget were no object, I think that's probably one that I would want to want to go for. Um, and also, you know, I could really cut my teeth on some more fabrication um, on fabrication learning because I'm just starting to cut my teeth on it and learn a little bit about it. And so now, of course, I'm wanting to like jump in. <laughs> that's is how does that compare to? Like dealing with fabrics and stuff. When you say fabrication, you're talking about building, yeah, uh, not prop pieces, but but I guess larger armor type, uh, yeah, horns, whatnot. It's it's a lot stickier and it's a lot smellier. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's just it's just a different animal. Um, you know, I'm not a sculptor. I can't sculpt anything to save my life. But um, I have gotten you know into doing some like small armor pieces with foam and warbler and stuff like that. And, and, um, I've, I've sort of done a few small, you know, pieces casting in resin and that kind of thing. But, um, it's, there's a lot more chemicals and you really have to have kind of a very specific sort of place to do it. Oh yeah. Um, that's very well ventilated and temperature controlled. And, you know, it's not like something you can just go out in your garage and really do because you have to regulate, temperatures for curing and different chemicals and it's 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 like the difference between baking and cooking um Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot more measured and a lot more scientific and um and it can really really go very very wrong very quickly (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm still trap jaw is always going to be Oh, nice one! One that I would love. To, uh, he's he is my favorite Masters of the Universe character. He's uh, one of my favorite character designs ever, uh, and it would be the 2000 cartoon Trap Jaw. Oh, nice! Yeah. Uh, That's a good one. Uh, yeah, but a new one would be the new Bat Suit from the newest Batman video game because it is awesome. <laughs> it's it is the they have. Because in some of the other games, it's a little too armored. Uh, in this one, they have found the best blend of like armored looking, but also flexible looking. Uh, I almost feel like they took some cues from the CW TV shows because it kind of meshes in with like the stuff you see on Arrow and Flash. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's it's the best mix of what we've come to think of as the movie Batman, which is the armor plates and everything, and the comic book look, because it has the colors of the comic book. Uh, it's got the nice pouchy utility belt, because I'm a pouch guy. Um, I think to not have pouches is absurd, because where do you keep your stuff? Um, but anyway, it's it's a great look. It's, it's an absolutely awesome suit, and that's that uh, that would be one I would love to have. And love to see the process of it getting made, and I'm hoping mm-hmm. to see one 
But uh, I, again, I, I don't have a good gauge of, of how difficult these things are and how quickly they can get done. We've had images of this suit for probably about a year, so I mean, I would guess somebody's probably put one together, right? I don't. I have no idea. There's so many Batman's. There's people yeah. that make every Batman. You know, it's, it's hard. But to I mean, say. a year. A year. I would think I've seen how quickly things can come together. So a year on this is probably a pretty decent lead time. It's hard to tell. Like I, you know, I think we're just now going to start seeing lots of Spider Gwens and, and new Batgirls because some of these things take a while. Uh, so maybe, maybe this is when they're going to start hitting. I don't mm-hmm. know. Oh, another prediction for Dragon Con. Since you said yeah. that, Supergirl, the new Supergirl. Oh yeah, I bet we'll, oh, yeah, I bet we'll, yeah. I bet we'll see yeah. a couple of those. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, yeah you're be right because cool. they did such a good job with with. She looks like Supergirl, but she also fits in with kind of that that televised movie aesthetic. Yes, like mm-hmm. I think they did a very good job. Of, I think she looks great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and she also looks very present. Uh, like sometimes the costumes are a little too costumey, but she looks very uh, <clears throat> human and relatable, and like it, it's not over the top, but mm-hmm. it's still a superhero costume. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think they did a good job with that. All right. Well, that's about all we've got. I want you guys now to tell the listeners where we can find you online and what you're up to. Um, I I don't really have much of an online presence, but because you're too busy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, you can see my work. They just uh, released the trailer for the new season of Walking Dead. I worked on the pilot for the, or not the pilot. I guess the first episode of the season for that. Um, and there's, I've got some movies coming out in the next year or so. Um, the next Ring movie will be out probably around Halloween, maybe. Oh, nice. I don't know. I don't know when it's actually supposed to release, but that would make the most sense. Um, so yeah, I don't know. So anytime, anytime you see somebody dirty on screen, you can say, "Ah, oh, Sarah did that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. You, do, you, you're not going to see her on Twitter, but sit through, <laughs> sit through the credits. Maybe I don't know. I'm not often credited. So it's hard to say. I'm pretty low on the list of important people involved, but yeah. Well, nothing would be dirty if it wasn't for you. Aw, thanks. <laughs> Sean, I hear that a lot. <laughs> Sean, where can we find you online? Um, I am at smpdesigns.com or smpdesigns on Facebook. Awesome. And and I highly recommend everybody go check that out because there's some beautiful stuff there. And, of course, you'll be hanging around DragonCon. Yep. Uh, with it. Are, are there any specific pieces for this year that you can talk about that will be there to keep an eye uh, out for? Uh, what's going to be there? Um, I'll be working on a Boys of Silence that's going to be there. From um, the uh, the new Bioshock game, Ooh. and then um, the Yamato twenty one ninety nine desk lock will be me. Oh, I'll be cool. in that one because sometimes we like nice things for ourselves too. <laughs> and then um, Edward Kenway will be there, and then I am not sure if any of the other stuff that I've done previously will travel down or not. We'll see. Well, awesome. Thank you guys so much for uh, sitting down and talking, and we will see you both at Dragon Con. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I love talking to those two. I I think of all of the hours of conversation that we've had and did not record, and it kind of bums me out a little bit because there have been some fantastic 
talks about, because I mean, I'm a dum-dum. I don't know anything about costuming. I have no skills in that area, as as we covered. I earn, uh, certainly no patience uh, for crafting in that way. And it's fascinating to me to learn about it. Man, there have been some great conversations, and that's why I'm very happy. I was getting ready to say that's why I keep my voice recorder on me, but but actually the truth is that's why I'm glad I've got a voice recorder on my phone now, which is not as good as the voice recorder, but it's okay. Hey, you guys don't care about that. You guys care about Dragon Con. And if you want to continue following along with Needless Things coverage of Dragon Con, please visit needlessthingssite.com. Uh, starting in a couple of weeks, it will be all Dragon Con all the time. And from here until at least a couple of weeks into September, but probably throughout the whole month, all Dragon Con. Uh, I've got lots of exciting guests the rest of this month. We're going to talk to Crispy from Dragon Con TV. We're, of course, going to talk to Bo about the puppetry track. We're going to talk to Joe and Gary about the sci-fi classics track. And then we're going to have a special Needless Things episode of the Dragon Con Needless Things podcast. I need to come up with a less ungainly title than that for it. Uh, but lots of great stuff. Join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group. Uh, follow Needless Things on Twitter. Uh, Needless Things site, I think, is the thing. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I hate Twitter. I don't like it. But uh, drop me a line, phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com. Let me know what you want to hear about. And we will be back next week with more Dragon Connery. I love you guys. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.